0: The Colorado Equal Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood.
1: Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. This is the newscast for episode 24, the week of July 16th. This is Rob
0: Reck, and I'm here with Alex Wood. Alex, what have you been doing so far this weekend? You know, uh, my parents are in town. Uh, They are out here visiting from Ohio. We're getting ready to go on vacation next week. My cousin's getting married in Bend, Oregon, so the whole family's going out there. That's going to be fun. And then uh, going back through Las Vegas on the way back, because beginning of the week for uh, for Black Hat and Def Con. So Bend, Oregon, is a little bit like the Grand
1: Junction of Oregon, where it's across no. across the mountains from uh, oh, from okay. the main city. Respect. It's a
0: little bit smaller town on uh, out on the on the plain. Is that not right? So I, I think that uh, in some respects, yes, but I, Bend is a little bit different than Grand Junction. Um, Bend. Is the the highest city per capita of uh, microbreweries in the country, so uh, it is it's ahead of Denver and, and other big cities in terms of having a lot of beer. So so just just that, that's what I think I, of for Grand Junction. So
1: were you derog, derogatorily commenting on Grand Junction when you said no, you didn't want no, those to be compared no, to no, each no. other? No, no,
0: I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, Colorado so, equals security, Rob. Uh,
1: so trivia. I went to to college in Oregon, a little hey. little school between Portland and Salem, and made my way out to uh, to Bend a couple of times. My my college girlfriend, hey Liz, uh, lived in Eastern Oregon. I, I'm sure Liz is listening. I'm sure Liz is listening. Oh, gosh, if she's still listening after all these years, then. That's, that's a problem. Uh, so this weekend, I uh, my sister uh, is in town visiting from California. We were uh, doing some random stuff. We hung out in Daniels Park yesterday. Today, this is Sunday. We hung out at Evergreen Lake, walked around the lake, hung out at Cactus Jack's, the, nice. uh, the bar there. They always have the nice live music on the river. Um, yeah, fun times.
0: Definitely a weekend for family, it sounds like. Sounds like it. Well, why don't we go ahead and dive into the news for this week? Before we do that, though... Uh, if you aren't already, you should most definitely subscribe to the podcast. So, uh, whatever podcast listener you use, whether that's the, uh, the podcasts app in iOS, um, or, or anything else, Google play, Google play, I- anything like that. Uh, make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast. Uh, you know, we don't care if you listen just subscribe, right? <laughs> <laughs> you should listen. You should listen to, um, all right. First news story, um, There is a, an article that came out, um, saying why go into the office. And I completely agree. Um, Denver business journal. Thank you. Denver business journal. Um, so Denver ranks second in the nation for cities in terms of telecommuting, uh, behind Austin. Um, I feel like we are, um, you know behind Austin and a lot of stuff. So we got to work on that. We're right
1: above Austin and a lot of things. It's really neck and neck between Denver and Austin on a lot of lists. Yeah. And I think this just goes back to reinforce the point we've been making. It's a really high quality of life place to work, um, place to live, obviously. Right. Uh, this is a place where we have a lot of flexibility and this is why we're here in in Denver.
0: Yeah. And I, as someone that worked remotely and and telecommuted for another number of years, um, I, I have to say it's, it's a great option um, although it is also nice being in an office and being around people. Yeah. So next news, Josh.ai
1: is a home automation company headquartered here in Denver, um, that just raised $8 million to help build the company.
0: Yeah. So they do, uh, artificial intelligence around home automation. Um, you know, so you could do like a, a Siri or other things, like kind of, kind of thing, um, you know, tell to turn off your lights, uh, yeah. you know. I'm leaving, turn down the water heater, whatever it is. Change the temperature, play music,
1: all that good stuff. It all gets plugged into the central system. And it's only the low, low price of
0: $10,000 to get your house wired up. Not a problem. I'm I'm (laughs) sure a high roller like you, Rob, has no problem with two or three of those systems. So we've got some good news this year. The Apex Awards, which
1: is put on by the Colorado Technology Association every year. In 2017, the Apex Awards are going to include an award for the best CISO of the year. Uh, that's awesome! I'm very excited to win that award. So every year we have there's a series of awards they give out. There's Project of the Year, uh, CIO of the Year, all kinds of interesting stuff focused on technology where they try and you know get together the the best at certain stuff, and then they have a a, a ceremony, a a gala event, if you will, where they get together and talk about the winners and, and present the awards. This year, and in no small part, thanks to your Colorado Equal Security podcast, we've been talking to Michelle and, and Andrea over there and, uh, excuse me, Monica and Andrea over there, and they are now adding a new um, category around CISO of the year. So the, the uh, application process is up right now. You go to our web, go to our show notes and you can get to the website to, to nominate someone. Um, they're really looking for a CISO who has made, who has used security and the security program itself to help their, their company better achieve the goals. So it's not just about who has the best security, but who is using security
0: to help their company succeed. I think it's really great to see that the the security and the CISO role is moving to the level where it is being recognized in this way. Yeah. Um, I think in the past, people would have seen security as, uh, you know, sort of a second class citizen, something maybe that you have to do compliance related, uh, but not an award like this where it's really recognizing someone moving a program forward. So I'm really excited about that.
1: We're looking forward to it and we'll, we'll get more news as we hear it, but this is your chance right now. Listen to me, go sign up, go nominate whoever you think really has done a great job helping their business succeed from the the CISO seat. Uh, And let's use this platform to help uh, drive that awareness.
0: All right. So next on the list, uh, the Colorado division of securities has adopted their final cybersecurity rule. So this actually happened um, a couple months ago, but just this past week, um, it has gone into full effect. So uh, this applies to you know financial services folks, uh, broker dealers, other things like that in the state of Colorado. Um, it's really interesting that um, this has come about, you know, the New York Department of Financial Services had a similar rule that, that came about, um, I think it was in effect okay. in March-ish. Um, and uh, it really is trying to push the level of cybersecurity forward. So I found I came across an article, which we linked in the show
1: notes, which is actually written by our friend, Dave Nevetta, who you've interviewed for this show. Um, and, And what he says in here is that in addition to requiring written procedures that are reasonably designed to ensure cybersecurity, the rule also mandates an annual risk assessment of the firm's data security practices. So not real high level, not real detailed, excuse me, not real detailed requirements, but this is really going down the road of getting much more, um, prescriptive and putting some teeth behind requirements around security for these uh, financial services professionals.
0: Yeah, and as someone that runs a a security program for a financial services uh, company, I look at that and I say, well, that seems like a pretty low bar, Um, but knowing other companies in the financial services uh, world, um, just requiring those things, is a, a great step uh, right. to make sure that at least everyone is doing those things. It's for those little companies, right?
1: The will ma and pa shop that, you know, there's three people who do it and there's one front desk person. Somebody now has to really become the champion for security in that organization. Exactly. So my, the next one, it's not Colorado focused. You guys will have to forgive me, but I was so thrilled when I saw this story that I wanted to share it with all you guys. Palo Alto Networks and the Girl Scouts have teamed up to create security merit badges. And this is an opportunity for folks to, for, for, for girls, little, little girls early on to start getting, um, getting their hands on technology and really learning what the basic principles of security are.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm so excited that this is something that's come down the road. I think it's great as well. Uh, there have been, you know, numerous studies that show, uh, lower participation from, from girls as they go along, um, uh, in terms of STEM, you know, math, science, Obviously, computer science goes along with that. Um, you know, there's a lot of it is, um, you know, them being intimidated or being told that, um, you know, you're a girl, you can't do these things. So it's great to see that the Girl Scouts are bringing in uh, this type of um, of education and merit badge for, for girls of that age. Yeah, the, the, I
1: got to hear Rick Howard talk about this on a, on a show, and his point was, it's true we have way too few women in security, but you don't solve that problem by, you know, when you put up a job rack saying I'm going to fill it with a woman. There the talent pool isn't there. We have one what is it, you know, hundreds of thousands of open positions right now that we can't fill. The way we have to fill it is much earlier in the pipeline. You have to go back to not at the end of college, people are looking for new jobs, maybe not even, you know, looking at before college between high school and college looking for people to go into CIS majors. We have to go back even further and get, you know, Young elementary school junior high aged um, girls and minorities to understand technology and not see it as a man
0: dominated industry. And this is one way to start addressing that. Amen. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Next on the list. Uh, cyber expert, Dan Massey joins the, uh, secure 64 executive team as chief scientist. So we talked about
1: secure 64 last week or two weeks ago when they had uh, a press release. Uh, this is fantastic. Dan Massey has been a DNS, uh, expert for a long time. And he's joining them to really help their executive team get a little bit more industry experience, hopefully help move them to the next level.
0: Yeah. It also looks like, uh, Dan is at, uh, at CU Boulder. So it's good to see someone local getting connected with a local company.
1: So so this company is headquartered in Greenwood Village, but I think that their their offices are really in Fort Collins. So if you're looking to get involved with Secure64, I believe Fort Collins is your place. They, you look on their website to confirm.
0: So Swimlane was named a breakout vendor by Forrester. So Forrester being a an analyst company, um, they're looking at the security um, automation and orchestration area. And uh, named Swimlane as one of the the up-and-comers in that area.
1: Yeah, so we've been covering these guys for four months. We interviewed Cody, who's the, the CEO over there, several months ago, pretty early on. I've been checking every week. I check their press release webpage to see, is there anything new coming out? And I sent Cody an email the other day, I'm like Cody, why have I not seen a press release for a while and come to come to realize that, that I had the wrong URL. So they have been doing news and we're going to start covering them uh, more, much more diligently. They, they're doing a lot of good stuff. And, and I hear the rumor on the street is there's going to be some big news in the next week. So ch- tune in next week. We'll find out what swim Lane's done here in the next week. There's the hook. Uh, Automox, uh, they're another local security company. We talked, maybe we talked about a little bit, maybe we haven't. They specialize in patching. They're a very small startup. Um, they have a blog out here this week that explains the CVE system. CVE common uh, common vulnerability. Yeah, good question. vulnerability Exposures. Pushers. Yeah, so something like that. Um, CVE is is the open source system that many many products and and companies use to to you know, you'd be the unique identifier for vulnerabilities. Hey, you're going to patch a system. Well, that corresponds to this vulnerability from the CVE database. Um, this, this podcast, excuse me, this, uh, this blog explains what CVE is, gives you more
0: details on how you can use it. Uh, kind of a neat resource. If you're not familiar with it, I've been uh, hearing a little bit more about automox recently. They sound like a pretty neat company, um, automated patching, you know, focusing on the, the small and medium sized business, which is, you know, Again, one area that gets neglected a lot right. um, not only you know, because they don't have the resources for security but because you know there's uh, they don't have the big bucks like the big enterprises right. do. so it's good to see a, a, a company focusing on SMB.
1: All right, that's it for news for this week. Let's dive into the calendar. Before we do, just a reminder, we do have a calendar of events on the website where we go out all the way, I think we're into November right now on the calendar. We're going to talk about the next two weeks worth of events, but there's a whole lot more stuff out there for you to look at, including some week-long events coming up. Recommend you guys take a look so you're not surprised when these things come up up upon you.
0: So first on the list, OWASP is having their July monthly meeting on the 19th.
1: The NCC has their, the, the cyber center chariot at 2017. So we, uh, Alex and I, we talked about this last week and neither of us knew that word. So we kind of just skimmed over it after the podcast, we looked it up. A chariot is a, a time where people can get together and hash through differences. And this event is actually meant to be um, the, a gathering together of different national cybersecurity centers like the NCC is where
0: they work through what's the right way to be that center of excellence for security in a region. Uh next uh Denver Sec is doing their monthly meetup on seven
1: twenty. Also on seven twenty, ISC Squared is getting back together. They 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 took quite a break. Um they met in June and we were kinda of surprised by it because we thought they were on break, but they're back again here in July. They're meeting at the Secure Set building and they're talking about the CISSP I S S E P uh certification. So that is one of the more um that's the engineering one, right? The more c- so. technical focused CISSP emphasis. So you guys can learn about that and understand what that certification is all about.
0: Uh, on the 22nd, ISSA Colorado Springs is having one of their mini seminars. So if you need some uh, some CPE credits, go ahead and take, take a look at that.
1: And they do those, I think it's once a month, Saturday mornings for about four hours. They don't necessarily say what the topics are ahead of time. So we don't know what it's going to be, but we do know you'll have plenty of time to learn and network there. Uh, the following week, the 24th through the 28th, the NCC is doing the Air Force Association's Cyber Patriot Cyber Camp. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Such such a neat thing. My kids are a little too young to do this quite yet, but it is a week-long summer camp where you get to learn about cybersecurity.
0: Yeah, mine are a little too young as well. I think it's only high school students, um, but definitely something cool to check out. It kind
1: of goes hand-in-hand hand with the whole Girl Scout
0: stuff we were talking about as That's well. That's right. Yeah. Get them involved early uh Secure Set is doing a capture the flag event on the 28th. We've talked about their capture the flag events um many times in previous podcasts. Uh, and then finally the last news last event we'll talk about this week. Once again, we're
1: back to the Springs. The first week of the CISSP exam prep course happens on 7/29 and that's what uh the first of 5 Saturdays that they're going to get together. So if you haven't signed up yet, please do as early as you can. I saw on the website there was uh, maybe a dozen spots left. Uh, so sign up now so you get you guys get an opportunity to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the folks that works for me did their uh, Security Plus prep and he really enjoyed it. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure that the CISSP prep is just as good or better.
1: All right, let's dive into jobs. We've got a handful of jobs, number one, we've, I think we've talked about this position before, we but have, it's yeah. still open. Gates is hiring their director of information, risk, and security. This is you know basically the CISO position at Gates, which is a multinational fortune 500 type company. Uh, this is a chance to, to run a very large security program
0: for a company that really could use it. Uh, connect for health call, uh, excuse me, connect for health. Colorado is looking for a security analyst, you know, so connect for health. Colorado is the, the healthcare exchange here in Colorado. Um, and we were, uh, we were talking this week with, uh, Michael Steffen um, about that position. So Michael is the security leader there at
1: connect for health Colorado. And he actually not only asked us to post it, but he gave a a short description about the position. Uh, so it's non-technical, mostly compliance, privacy, and working with multiple partners, um, really trying to, to focus on, um, the, the programmatic aspect, not so much the technical aspect. He says the ideal candidate is someone who has excellent communication skills, some knowledge of security frameworks, either NIST or PCI, and some background in security. Uh, and of course, you need to be eager to learn and, and he wants someone who's smart.
0: So Alex, that does
1: rule you out. Oh, damn it. Yeah, that was, that was brutal, wasn't it?
0: <sighs> Uh, next protect wise, uh, they're looking for a malware analyst and threat researcher.
1: There's actually two positions. I know oh, I, sorry. I, I put them on one line, but um, but I thought interesting that they're looking for both a malware analyst if you want to get real deep into the code of, a, of malware and a threat researcher.
0: Uh, coal fire, they're looking for a senior security consultant. And a penetration tester. I'm assuming that since those are on the same line,
1: that's w- that's one position. Yep. Damn it, Robbie! I, I just did. It. I just did it one time. I apologize. Uh, I, I messed up the show notes for Alex here. Uh, Red Canary is hiring a security operations center analyst.
0: Webroot uh, is looking for an advanced malware threat research engineer. So, what would
1: the uh, acronym be here? Amtree. 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 If you want to be an Amtree over at WebRoot, this is your opportunity, guys. And finally, Ping Identity, the the number one security company in Colorado, is looking to hire a GRC analyst. Um, I know a little bit about that position. So if you are interested in getting involved, go to the website and apply, and then maybe send me a note, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you have.
0: Uh, the drawback to that job is that you have to work for Rob. Yeah.
1: But good news is there is a level between, so you won't have to work with me all the time. Oh, Perfect. Well, I think that's it for, for the news this week. Uh, we're going to talk to, to, to Banshee, uh, Jen Southwick. Jen is one of the, the kind of the charter members of the security community here in Denver, uh, a cornerstone of what we do on the kind of on the black hat side of things.
0: Yeah. And uh, she does a lot of security event organization, yeah. um, not, you know, sides here uh, in Denver, as B-sides well in Las Vegas, as yeah. well as lots of other places too. Uh, just an interesting person. Yeah. So
1: look forward to that. Uh, We want to hear from you guys. If you have any feedback on the show, anything you want to see us do that we're not doing, anyone who you want us to talk to, send us a note, uh, info at
0: colorado-security.com. And as always, check out the website, www.colorado-security.com. Hit up iTunes, hit up Google play, subscribe. All right, guys. Have a great week. We love you, Colorado. Hi, this is Sam Masiello, Chief Information Security Officer at Teletech. Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. For Colorado Security Professionals, by Colorado Security Professionals.
1: Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. Today, I have the, uh, the pleasure of getting to sit with my friend um, Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve, also known as Banshee, who's been one of the big um, promoters of the security industry, not only here in Colorado, but really nationally and, and maybe internationally Um, we've we got to meet i think maybe four years ago helping plan b-sides denver um, something like that and you know we've uh, i think it seems like every six months we run into each other at something else and um, normally on the airplane to
2: rsa <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so we, we do take the same southwest flight from denver to sfo uh, saturday afternoon every year to rsa that's that's true uh we shared an uber last year i think um, so you know I, I thought this would be a great chance just to get to talk about how you got to be uh such a big part of helping plan not only the denver security world but i know the, the vegas stuff going on and other conferences you've been a part of um as a starting point um I'd love to kind of just put you on the spot and ask you, what is the thing that you've done so far with security that you're most proud of? What's what's really uh, something that you would like to share and you would be known as at this point?
2: Well, it's not something I specifically want to be known as, but something that I want the conference to be known for. So, uh, I developed the Proving Ground Speaker Mentorship Program for B-Sides Las Vegas. Yeah, And basically what that does is it allows New speakers who've never spoken on a national stage. If they've spoken at their ISACA or their ISSA, that's one thing. But if they've never spoken on a national stage, we can help them with a a scholarship, a small stipend to get them out to Vegas, Mm. and we pair them with a mentor who has a proven track record of speaking in the community, in the industry, and help them with their slide deck and their presentation and their
1: their stage presence. Yeah, what an awesome opportunity. How did did that come about?
2: Uh, Actually, it was a... Conversation between Dave Shackleford and myself at RSA years ago, um I guess it was in two thousand twelve, right after I had taken over B Sides Las Vegas. That actual yes. Jack and I had just made the decision that uh, he would bring me in as an executive producer and we were sitting around brainstorming about new ideas to do for B- Vegas and Shackleford said, What about a mentorship program for new speakers? And that was all it took. I yeah. just I ran it from there. That's uh, awesome. Although uh Noise did help name it. It was uh, Shackleford, Noise, and I brainstormed on the names. Um, so, what
1: year was that, that that started that program? That was 2012. So, it's five years now. Yep. Wow, that's great. Yes. Um, have you? Uh, we're going to get lots of time to come around to see figure out how you got there. But how, let's just talk a little bit more about the the Proving Ground program. Have you seen? You know, what percentage of the time do you think? Wow, that was really successful. Versus, oh, man, what I've experienced with kind of mentoring relationships is sometimes the mentee does not. Doesn't have the drive to go after it, and sometimes the mentor doesn't have the time to commit. You know, how has that gone for you?
2: Well, we haven't had that problem so much, partly because it's it's more of a check in mentorship. Yeah. You know, we when we first pair the speakers and the men, or the presenters and the mentors together, they do a check in with each other to make sure the outline is okay, and then the. Presenter is responsible for starting to come up with the outline for their slide deck and getting that together, and they have a check-in points where they go over things together. So it's yeah. not necessarily like they need an hour of everybody's time every week. Um, we have had problems with mentees just not making calls. You know, of course, we've had problems with people submitting to the program who weren't actually. Um, they weren't eligible because they'd already spoken someplace else mm-hmm. before or, you know, they they had their talk already ready, so ready to go. They just wanted somebody else to look at it for them. That's yeah. really not what we're
1: there for. So, so so for people who might be listening who are, you know, they've, they've never talked or they've, you know, like you said, just done a local talk, um, what, you know, is this, who is this good for and how would they go about trying to sign up for this? I assume for 2018 at this point.
2: Yes, for 2018. So uh, our call for mentors and our call for presenters for the Proving Ground program normally opens up around January 1st. and You can go to the website besides lv.org and find under uh, Get Involved you'll find uh, or actually I'm sorry under Tracks you'll find Proving Ground and it'll give you more information on But basically you just need to submit your abstract through our conference paper system which we use OpenConf um, and then we also have the mentors sign up through the same system, so we have everything together, and then we just pair, we put out the list of the people who are looking for mentors, uh, along with the synopsis of what it is they're looking for in a mentor, whether it's DFIR or, you know, pen testing, whatever their specialty is, yeah. that might make a difference, especially if it's like a heavy math, you know? Right. Then you're going to need somebody who understands maths in order to read the proofs, but, um, the mentors get to pick their mentees and runs from there, and there's uh, several checkpoints. We have an amazing director team for Proving Ground of um, Megan Wu and uh, Michael Ortega, also known as TottenKoff and Security Moe on Twitter, and they've been running Proving Ground now for the last four years. Okay, I ran awesome. it the first year and realized that, that was a little that was something that needed to be really brought up and taken care of
1: with a dedicated yeah, dedicated, dedicated crew yeah. absolutely so I, well, I will yeah. I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes to the the Proving Ground um application page that you mentioned okay you. and there's a lot more information there too including uh, I believe there's still information on there about the the scholarship cool um, so we're going to kind of do this memento style. We're going to start with the, start with the present. and We'll go backwards in time. So right now we're sitting in the Ping headquarters in downtown. We, we're both drinking uh, an alcoholic beverage, and your hair is more colors than I've ever seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> so would, would we say this is four colors? I see. I clearly see um, blue, purple, red, maybe platinum. Try to yeah. That. So there's five colors in my hair. It's supposed to be
2: four all six sorry four colors of purple a red and a silver yeah but the one of the purples came out more blue
1: yeah so well, i i love it very well done thank, thank you. you thank you um and and so let's kind of that's now we'll go well, mental style we'll go to very beginning now how did this whole thing happen for you did, did you you know uh come out of school and say hey this you know, event organizations, what I want to do. It doesn't seem like very likely. I'd love to know how you, how you came to this.
2: Yeah, place. so not so much with the school thing, unfortunately. I'm um, I, I'm not that fortunate. I I started working at the Renaissance Fair in Southern California doing night security when I was ooh, 19 years old. Okay. And I just went from, I enjoyed it so much. I
1: enjoyed working in the entertainment industry. So I have to ask a question about... Uh, night security at the Renaissance Fair. Do they make you use a sword slash mace slash halberd or what, no? But we do spell <laughs> it with a K. We do spell we did spell it with a K. Knight, so it's night security. Yeah, it
2: was night security. K, but it. no, we we were just we weren't allowed to carry weapons. That wasn't our job. Um, so I started off there, and I just worked my way up from working night security into working operations, and I did just a little about a little bit of everything under the sun as far as working for the the fair went. Moved around all the departments and realized that I loved it, hmm. and I took a job in San Francisco, working for uh, another theater company that was basically the same. Uh, also doing Renaissance fairs, but they also added a Dickens fair
0: yeah. during
2: at Christmas time, and I eventually worked my way into the role of um, producer for the or not producer. I'm sorry, um, technical director, which is basically the production manager. Okay,
1: so uh, yeah. so, so during these years, you know, were Renaissance fair while a lot of security people might be at the Renaissance Fair, you know, there's no technology necessarily, right? It's very low technology. And it, how, were you were you interested in, in technology or is this really, you know, just coming from a different place altogether? It was a, it, it was
2: a, a mesh of my friends in the Ren, Ren Fair scene. Some of them were crossover into the hacker scene. Yeah. And the hackers that I met, I would hang out with during the week and do the Renaissance Fair on the weekends, yeah. right? So I... We'd have Tuesday meetings in, in Fullerton, mm-hmm. uh, the Digital Decay bulletin board. We'd all get together and hang out. And I just made really good friends with a lot of the local ha- hackers and the information security. Yeah. Well, they weren't information security back it then, was, right? It was hackers. It was right? hackers. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're still looked down upon at that point. But we just started hanging out, and one thing led to another. I wound up at DEF CON f- four. Um, my best friend drove me out to DEFCON 4, and that was basically all she wrote. It, I just fell into the community, and because what I do for a living can benefit the community, it made sense for me to put my skills
1: to work for them. Yeah. It's kind of like being an accountant for the mob. Like, you're you're not really in the mob.
2: Yeah, but I, I, I keep keeping <laughs> two
1: sets of books for any of the B-sides
2: I'm running, okay? <laughs> right.
1: Sorry, so I, I know I kind of cut you off. You're talking about being the technical director for the, the Dickens show, um, and, and was it directly from, from doing that to, you know, t- how did you go from there?
2: Yeah, so I actually left the Dickens Fair in 2013. Um, okay. That's when I moved to Denver from okay. San Francisco Bay Area. And I uh, I put in my notice because I was coming out here to work what I thought was going to be a, a
1: full-time job for another company. Yeah. So, so how did you transition from, like, maybe I should say, what next? What happened after t- 2013? Where'd you go?
2: When I got here, okay, so I got here, I'm running B-Sides Las Vegas, and I decided so to start... So you were
1: already running B-Sides Las Vegas? Yeah,
2: I started besides. La- I started running B-Sides Las Vegas in February
1: of 2012. Okay. Um, so you had the community, you said you went to DEF CON for, which that was what, like 2000, early 2000, right? Late 90s. Late
2: 90s, yeah, this okay. is two, this DEF CON 25, so yeah, I've been so going okay, to DEF CON for 21, 21 years, years ago, okay.
1: Yeah okay. yeah. Uh, so so you know, what happened there in the late '90s? You started getting plugged into the community? What did that mean in terms of, did you start doing events at that, you know, some events at that point, or you just hanging out with the folks or what? I
2: was more hanging out with the folks. The, the first year of B-sides Las Vegas, I wasn't able to attend B-sides Las Vegas because I was actually helping uh, run Defcon 101. That was the first year they'd ever done that, mm. and I was helping stage manage Defcon 101. What's Defcon 101? Like? Uh, Defcon 101 is a, a noob track. Or yeah introductory, introductory to introductory to, to yeah. hacking and and how to present yourself at a conference, how to behave, how yeah. not to you know, the three two one rule, all that fun stuff that So it
1: sounds like you you know, you just got to know a lot of people and and put your hand up and said, Yeah, let me help putting some of this stuff together. Is that is that really what it came down to? Yeah, so um, I gotta stop saying yes so. That's I know how that sounds on the radio. Uh, two thousand
2: twelve I 2011 I just found out about the first B Side's Vegas and realized that I'd missed it and I wanted to make sure I was involved in 2011. Oh wait, 9, 10 was the first one I did, sorry. And I was uh I was second in charge of security. And then 11 I ran security and then 12 I started running the conference. So that was the way that worked. I I stepped up and offered my physical security skills and yeah. you know um I wrote up the policy for B besides Vegas. I mean it wasn't much because there was only like yeah. ten of us on staff or on
1: security crews, so we didn't need a full right. incident response plan, but we're getting there now. yeah <laughs> um, so can you can you talk about the interplay you know there's I'm sure there's tons of folks who have, have heard of Defcon, heard of Black hat, heard of B-Sides Vegas, maybe heard of DC 303. can you talk about those those different um, groups that are all kind of you know in the same area with the same cohort but have different nuances Do you mentioned sharing your perspective on those well uh, that's that's
2: an interesting question that you really put me on the spot Well, black hat right as the as the oh the differences between, yeah, black hat between, the, between the different of, events okay yeah that's easy so black hat is more of a, um, a corporate conference mm-hmm. Their badges are up in the you know four digits in order to get in and basically yeah. it gives you... For cost, you, right? Yeah. for cost. Yeah, 1500 bucks or whatever to get yeah. in. Yeah, you're
1: going to be paying
2: over $1,000. It's a
1: lot like RSA conference, very commercialized and yep. very very corporate, lots of government A stuff.
2: lot of the, the talks are, are tool pitches or mm-hmm. you know solution pitches, maybe yeah. couched in a more educational stance. But has that changed over the years from mm-hmm. your perspective or has it always been that way? I've never been to Black Hat. Okay, but yeah. you,
1: so from what you hear?
2: From what I hear, it's not... Much it's how it's not it's, yeah, it's okay. been the same. Uh, the reason B-Side started was because there were a couple of talks that got kicked that were...
1: Um, Rejected from Black Hat because they were a little too technical. So, so let's talk about, what, what is B-Sides? And, and, you know, you and I, we're, we're old enough to know what a B-Side is and, uh, and I'm, I I know from experience recently talking about B-Sides that some folks are not. So back when, uh, you know, when there was such a thing as a, as a single, when you would release a a tape or a record with you know your hit one you know one hit song a music group would release it your had, radio play song your, your radio your radio play song that was going to be you know the driver for your album sales they would release this one little single they called it with that song on it but there would always be a song on the other side and that was called the B side where there would be you know the song that um, you know wasn't going to get the radio play and might be quite good but um, is it doesn't have the name recognition and I think that's where the name for for the B-Sides conference came from? That exactly, that?
2: that's exactly where it came from, yes, because the good stuff is on the B-Sides, because that mm-hmm. always used to be that the, the pop hit would
1: be on yeah. side A, and you'd listen to side B, and go, wow, why isn't this on the radio? And and that was, uh, and that was that conference was started, I know Jack Daniels was part of it. Do you know who the organizers for that originally were? The original organizers for the very first B-Sides were Jack Daniels,
2: uh, Jeff, Jeff Espinoza, and Travis Goodspeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, got this thing started and then Chris Nickerson kicked in a place to do it so he became one of the founders and Mike Don helped out with the the sponsor drive and getting a bunch of the the, the logistical stuff done yeah. for the conference. So it was B size is ostensibly founded by Jack and Chris and Mike. Mm-hmm they are considered the three founders of B-Sides, mm-hmm. but it really it started off from a community conversation on twitter so it, it's a community conference from the very first time somebody yeah. said hey let's do this and somebody said hey i've got a place and somebody said hey i can get some money mm-hmm. and it was a group effort it went very it going. went
1: very quickly it, it, yes. went, it went from 0 to 60 in about in, in no time yes yeah. Um, so, so following uh, Black Hat has been DEFCON for, I don't know, as many years as Black Hat or may, not quite as long? More. More? DEFCON what? started first.
2: Really? Okay. DEFCON started as a, a party in the desert for um, DT's BBS friends to get together and hang out and, so it was like burning and hack man. and talk and, for ha- right? for and drink. And then after a while, he realized that there was a, actually a market for this, and um, he, st- he founded Black Hat. But yeah. DEFCON started first. Awesome.
1: Yeah, um, and, and so how how would you say you know you compare that to Black Hat? We talked about Black Hat as being the commercial one with the highest price tag. Uh, Where does CON fit in? DefCon, I look at Black Hat like the trade
2: show of the week. You know, the the the, the sales pitch. DefCon Summer Camp. DefCon is twenty plus villages and 100 plus What's a hundred plus events. Depends on what you're talking about. We have hardware hacking villages. We have software hacking, uh, well, capture the packet. There's the wall of sheep. There's crypto. There's regular puzzles. There's, there's villages for just
1: about everything. And the village is just basically you're going to go opt in for this thing that's running You know, on a schedule most of the time. I can go pop in and... and just experiment hands on with something. Right? Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, like when you're at summer camp, you you could sign up to go rowing at three o'clock in the afternoon, right. and then sign up to go horseback riding at four.
1: And what, you know, one of the examples that we've had in, at the Denver B sides has been the lock picking village, where you know it's an ex- opportunity for guys like me who spend most of their time at a computer writing policies to to actually learn how to pick a lock. It, it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, and similarly, they do you know, electronic, the, the computer security stuff in there as well. it's mm-hmm. like. Um, so so okay, the the Def Con, and I would. You know, I, I have, have been one time. the The difference being, you have to pay cash, right? The, the, the price Correct. is quite low. No, there's no credit cards, no online purchases. Um, the the membership, the the, the attendees, it's, it's a different, it's a different feel than we get at at Black Hat, generally speaking.
2: Yeah, it's shorts and tank tops mm-hmm. and T-shirts. It's not suit and tie, or even
1: mm-hmm. polos and khakis. But they are right, right back to back every year. So you could come for one and stay for the other, or or, or, or not. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, I, I did mention the DC-303 thing, and I'd I just like to get, you know, some perspective on that. Uh, Leading in, you know, generally in the hacker world, uh, communities were, were identified by the area code where they where they were located. Um, that was frequently the case. Um, and the 303 crew, being the people in the, the Denver, Denver area, was, was a, a relatively... Um, I know mean, what the right word is? I don't want to say successful. Uh, a, re- a relatively lively community. How about that? Notorious. Uh, and so, so what happened? Why is there such a thing as a DC three hundred three party and an event that goes on out there?
2: Okay, you know? so uh, we need to separate these. There, there's the three hundred three, and then yeah. there's DC three hundred three. Right. What's We're, the difference? So okay. DC three hundred three is a DefCon group. That's what the DC designator is for, and yeah. that they started way after the three hundred three. Okay, three hundred three have been around since the nineties, and they used to do, uh, used to, they basically they got. They met e- most of each other through Twenty Six Hundred mm-hmm. or work. And actually, what's, what's was it, 2600? 2600 is a uh, monthly magazine that, or is it quarterly? I think it's. I think it was monthly. Monthly magazine that came out of New York. Uh, Manuel Goldstein founded that was all about phone freaking and, and computer hacking, and it was a really very very popular underground magazine. And they started the Twenty Six Hundred groups where every fri- first Friday of every month at some local pay phone bank, everybody would get together mm. and meet up, for mingle for half an hour, and then they'd go off to some bar or restaurant and and hang out and have a meetup. Well, the 303 group couldn't do it on Fridays because they were all older and already had jobs, so they started doing it on Saturday morning and called it 2601. Hmm. So that way everybody who didn't live in Denver or work in Denver could get to Denver so yeah. we could have our little hangout. And then years later, DC 303 started after a, there was a I don't know if there was a schism or they just decided – I don't even think that that was the case. I think it was just that there was a group of people that wanted to start a DC-303, and yeah. that's DEFCON-related. But the crew that runs the 303 party at DEFCON is not DC-303. Okay. Those are different things. Got
1: yeah. it. And, and there, there's a D, in town here, there's a D, uh, 303 uh, mailing list, right? And that's basically how communication goes on with that group. And
2: Correct. There's also a DC-303 mailing list, and there's a lot of crossover. Crossover.
1: But, yeah. True. Um, so, the party, so who, who puts on the party in Vegas every year?
2: That's the 303. And that's a, well, it, it's a mixture of, uh, there's a bunch of us from the 303 crew that all pitch in to make sure that happens. For years, it was uh, our friend Carl Nimbus. He's not involved okay. this year. Is he here in town? Yeah, he lives local. Okay. He actually yeah, okay. helps me. He's my co host for the B-Sides Las Vegas podcast. Okay. Awesome. He has a, yeah, he does radio too. Um, and uh, Blue Knight is runs Sky Talks. Uh, Pyro founded it and then handed it off to Blue Knight several years ago. I was helping with it for many years and I have taken a, a backseat for that partly because besides Las Vegas has become more of a full-time job. Plus now I'm, I'm gooning at Defcon, so I don't have the time to dedicate to the 303 yeah. room, but, uh, between Sky Talks during the day and the party set so night, that room's normally relatively lively.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so it's great from from everything I've heard, and I've never been to three hundred three party out there. From everything I've heard, it's it's one of the main attractions of the of the whole you know, hacker summer camp week, right? That's that's what I hear. Is that kind of your experience? That depends on which crowd you run with. I mean, there are so many
2: people that attend yeah. DEF CON now. We're talking twenty five thousand plus, right? So mm-hmm. there's a core group of you know. I'd say 500 to 1,500 people that have, that have, we've all known each other for 25 years since we started going to DEF CON. And we use Vegas as our reason to come together and see each other once a year because we're now spread out all over the world. So knowing that we have a place at DEF CON that hasn't changed over the years, that we still know we're going to run into the same faces, hmm. makes it an easy uh, pivot point.
1: Hmm. All right, so let's let's transition a little bit and talk about your... You know, your stuff, and you've been you've you've I kind of think you know really gone professional with your conference organization over the last couple of years, right? You Want know, talk about what you're doing and and you know what uh, what that's been what that transition's been like for you?
2: Well, uh, I started Squirrel Herder Productions of 2014.
1: Does that have anything to do with Jericho?
2: Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> yes and no. Yes, it does actually. Well, herding hackers is a lot like herding squirrels yeah. because they all have. Uh, attention deficit disorder of some sort, or you know, they're every time you try to get them to go in one direction, they're seeing something shining and running off the other. So it was a mixture of that because hacker hurting hackers is like hurting squirrels, and also because of Jericho. Yeah, because yeah, he's a very,
1: very good friend of mine, and, it, and he's uh, he. Uh, what what is it? And he's got a squirrel thing going. Lizzo. on. attrition attrition Attrition.org. org. What's the squirrel connection? Is this, it just he likes squirrels? He loves squirrels. He loves squirrels. That, that, that's, yeah. I know he's a he's a big humane society rescue guy, uh, and squirrels is part of that. Okay, yes, got it. So you you started Squirrel Herder Productions, and, and what's that? How's that transition been for you? It's been difficult. I have, a,
2: I can't necessarily say that I have a lot of the. Oh, this is going to sound weird. The high end business skills to run a company by myself. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot, but it's just me, so it's not like there's a lot, a lot. Um, but the skill, a few, the skill
1: set running an event and running a company—they're different, right? It's it's a different yes. it's a different skill set. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I've I've had some excellent clients over the past few years. I've had a couple of conferences. I had a, a nonprofit that I threw their 25th anniversary for. Oh, nice. Um, uh, I just actually got back from Indianapolis for Circle City Con, where I was running their security, their safety operations department for them. Yeah. So I, I either I can piecemeal a department, or you can give me, you know, a clump of your conference to run if you need assistance with it. The one thing I'm not really good at is sales, but I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some of the events you've done? Um, uh, IT hot topics in North Carolina for mm. Carolina Advanced Digital. Cool. I ran speaker operations for them. I ran Source Boston a couple of <laughs> years ago. Um, I, I, thought that was going to turn into, but that didn't work out. Yeah. So Source Boston, one year I I ran. I helped run security for DerbyCon for a couple of years, but that wasn't actually under the company banner. Mm-hmm. That was more of a volunteer thing to help out a friend. And I've um, besides Las Vegas,
1: obviously besides Denver, yeah. and, um, and this year was your first time running besides Denver, uh, right? Officially, as like yes. the sole uh, as the like, executive producer, yeah, exactly. quarter, yes. And it worked great this year. That the venue, the venue we had this year, City I, Hall, City Hall was great. I'd never been there before. That oh, was a, it. It was, it was excellent. Fun. Yeah.
2: I'm really kind of was hoping that Alex would be here because I wanted to prod him for the dates for RMISC.
1: yeah, we need to give Alex a hard time about it yeah, we IC need published. to get because I need to
2: reserve put the venue for next year, and I can't do that. Well, let's,
1: let's put him on the on the hook about that <laughs> um, well, I know they
2: were just having elections too though, so
1: yeah well, elections are done and uh and so but Alex is is going to be the guy who's organizing RMIC next year, so we can definitely we could definitely put him on the hook. Um, so you're uh, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the community here in town There's a, if someone wants to get involved in ISSA they go to denver.issa.org and see when the next event is and they go sh- show up uh, similarly for other groups it's not quite so simple if they want to get involved with the 303 group and uh, get to know you guys how would you recommend someone who uh, who sees that um, the hacker lifestyle and kind of what you guys have done and wants to wants to get to know you and wants to be a part of that group how should they go about doing that
2: Well, the best way to do that would probably be to introduce yourself to us at a conference, right? I mean, you don't necessarily know who we are so it's not like we all run around with 303 tattoos. Some of us do. Some of you guys
1: cover them up, right?
2: Yeah, some of us cover (laughs) cover them up. And some of us just refuse to get ink. So (laughs) That's, that's okay, too. But reach out to somebody that you know that's in the 303 and say that you're interested in maybe coming out. We do have irregularly occurring events where we all get together and hang out just have dinner and a couple of drinks yeah. we're all getting old we've all got well my daughter's married but most of us have kids that are school age so we're not yeah. going to be staying up till all hours in the night any night of the week anymore yeah um, or a good way to
1: introduce yourself to the community is come out to Densec 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 uh, that, that's, yes that's the the Denver security sec CitySec. Yeah, Denver CitySec. CitySec. Uh, And that's the Twitter feed. It's at
2: DenverSec. DenverSec.
1: At DenverSec, yeah. At
2: DenverSec on Twitter. It's uh, Densec for sure. That's the hashtag that we use. And it's Denver CitySec, which is short for security. Every two weeks, we have a meetup. The first Monday of the month is here in southern Denver area, and the... Third Thursday of the month is up in northern Denver. Actually, tonight, as soon as I'm done with this broadcast, I'm going to be heading up to the Exchange Tavern. Where is that? To, um, in Westminster. Okay. On the Westminster yeah. Bloomington border. Bloomington, right. Bloomington.
1: Uh, Broomf- yes. Broomfield. Broomfield. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes, Broomfield. So, um, uh, so that's that group. Uh, you have to basically follow the Twitter account to to figure out where where it's going to be specifically. But
2: oh, no, actually, no. now you can go to uh, besidesden dot org and. Densec
1: has its own uh, page off of our site. Besides Den.org. And it's got its own page. That's great. Now Jacob Torrey had been had been doing this and, and you're you're taking the taking the right the right. Yeah, since he's moved
2: site. to out of town to the East Coast, we needed somebody to pick up the, yeah. the torch for Denver CitySec. And so I, I put this Over. I put the page together for, for Besides Denver. I just decided to throw the link up there. I love and there's it. A, there's a calendar. There's a calendar too. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. There's a calendar that'll show you where we're next. Uh, right now, it doesn't have any th- information for the first of July on there, but it does have the information for today. Well, this
1: is great. Uh, you know, we'll so we'll get the your guys' events added to our event calendar that we put together. So as a part of this podcast, we have a website with an event calendar where we grab all of the different groups in town, put all their events in one place. So we'll get those on there as well, so folks can. Can to start to, to get um, emails about it and let you know that these events are coming from our perspective too. Um, and, and I love it because I've always kind of wondered when's it going to come, where's it coming, and now we've got a schedule and we have uh, locations. That's that's great.
2: So we did move it, it had been the third Wednesday of every month, and we moved it over to Thursday so we're no longer conflicting with OWASP. As soon as I realized that that was an issue, I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> we're, 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 Stop it. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're excluding half of our participants.
1: Right. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for thanks for organizing those. Uh, what's your? You know, you've had the chance to observe the community for twenty plus years. It sounds like, and mm-hmm. you know, what do you what do you think you see in terms of trends? About what are we doing wrong? What do we what should we be doing better? I know I give you tough use, questions. This tough. is going
2: to get a lot of negative remarks in the in your right. in your um, we can look li- at negative remarks. <laughs> uh. There is a very large sense of community in InfoSec, and that is one of its best points. It also, unfortunately, the flip side of that is we also have a lot of egos and rock stars. Mm -hmm. And um, we need to figure out how to get those egos and rock stars to want to talk to the little guys and help help spread what they have, because so much of... Well, I, I do this little bit of Infosec, and I'm not going to share what I do with you because you do a different bit of Infosec, whereas if the two parts were talking, we could make a much stronger security field, right yeah. um, there's There's a lot of compartmentalization that I think we could we need to tear down some walls and barriers and
1: make the conversations last longer than one hundred and forty characters on Twitter. Yeah. That's a fair point. I don't think that's going to get any negative comments. that's pretty fair um, the it, it is It is an investment on everyone's side, but it's, it's the only way we're going we're going to build up the community right um, we, we, we need we, to start
2: sharing information
1: we, I mean we can't patch what we don't know instead of tweeting about how we have a staffing problem, maybe we could spend some time teaching people right, right. <laughs> that or maybe we could
2: spend some time teaching H R that ten years of of Splunk experience isn't really
1: possible we actually you know? we need 15 years of plunk experience <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> they were founded what nine years ago yeah.
1: how, many, yeah. how many years of a uh, docker experience do you know? that's not gonna be enough <laughs> yeah. we need more. Yeah, that's fair right yeah well you know i i, I hear you know we, we we appreciate you having you in the community here and what you've done to help um get b-sides uh, some momentum and some uh some consistency i think that's that's valuable it's you know it's always been uh, volunteer run which is great from a you know it's, it's, it's not from a, from many perspectives, but from the perspective of like getting in front of things and having things organized in time, it's really it's really challenging. It is. I mean, it, it's
2: asking a lot for the community to pick up a conference, even if you have a really good core group of five or six people to break up the. The responsibilities, it's still, each person would be taking on a lot, especially on top of a full-time job. And usually the people who tend to step up for things like running a B-Sides or people who have some managerial experience or are already in a managerial position, so their calendars are as, you know, any yeah, very, eddy- yeah. very flexible, very, um, <laughs> they, they can't exactly schedule a call every Tuesday night for something that's not work and expect to make it, Yeah. right?
1: Yeah, that's fair. So, anyway, we, we definitely appreciate what you're doing there. Um, you know, I, I think that's about the questions I have. Do you have anything else you want to share with the community or anything else you wanted uh, to chat about?
2: Um, as soon as we have dates, we will have the venue announcement for B Sides Denver for next year. And if you go to B we're working on a site redesign. It turns out that one of our um, CTF uh, organizers, directors for B-Sides Denver is actually a front-end dev and yeah. he took one look at the website that I threw together and said please let me fix this <laughs> I said please do That's so cool. we should be getting a site redesign soon and then more information about B-Sides Denver for 2018 come out to Densec uh, Denversec on Twitter or just check, check the Densec ha- hashtag um, get involved with the community mentor teach learn Expand the conversation and, most of
1: all, save the world. Hack awesome. the planet. Hack the planet. All Hack right. the planet. Well, well, thanks so much for your time, Jen. We'll look forward to catching up soon. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you coming out. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, Rob.